Mansfield and Merriman at the bottom. Evans over the top. Matera somehow gets out of jail. Peter Matera, 52 metres. Pulls it back. What a magnificent kick by goal. A delicate little chip to the run of Matera. Suddenly the Eagles are alight. Matera sets sail for home. And the Eagles hit the front. Ingerson defiantly. Matera, brilliant pickup. Gets through the traffic. This deserves a goal. And he's got it. Magical goal. Does well under pressure. Kicks the ball back to the square. Wilson just off the interchange bench. Here he comes. Matera. teammate that kick forward has been marked by Kelly Kelly's short kick Matera onto it it just seems to be able to read everything Peter Matera look at this BOG thank you very much oh. huh? <laughs> well Hayes I thought on his birthday that bloke is an absolute legend Peter Matera and it wouldn't be a bottle segment for real locals, real value at the bottle without getting Peter Matera on our program and just reliving some of those magical moments that uh, I actually used to see him do out there on the footy field. I used to shake my head back in the day, Hayes, but it's nice to have him on his birthday here on Sports Day. Welcome, Roo. Thanks, Carl. How are you? How are you? Happy birthday, firstly. Yeah, beautiful, mate. Thank you. It's uh, They say it's just a number, but I'm feeling it, that's for sure. <laughs> and you're a new dad recently. Uh, just tell us about your newborn daughter, only a couple of weeks old. Only a couple of weeks old, mate. Yeah, Molly Louise, uh, doing really well, mum and bub. So, yeah, very excited, mate. Always wanted that little girl, and um, now I've got one. What does those moments that you've just heard, and they are just some moments out of what was a, a wonderful career at the West Coast Eagles spanning 253 games, 217 goals while we're at it. What do those moments and memories bring back for you just then? Um, oh, mate, look, you know, it's a long time ago, but, um, yeah, it was a dream to play AFL and play at the top level and do what I'd done uh, back then and, you know, you walk down the street and people recognise you for what I've done in the past in regard and, you know, they say that you're a legend and you're, you know, awesome footballer and that. And you're pretty much just, I was just a country bumpkin, wanted to play at the top level and had the opportunity and there it was, mate, you know, and you, you, you get it every day and it's, you know, it's, I take my hat off to everyone that's, you know, got great accolades for me. Talk us through the early days, Rue. Uh, happy birthday, by the way. But talk us through, you know, your pathway to get to the West Coast Eagles initially. Yeah, Hazel, I was um, down at South Melbourne and I pretty much wanted to go to Fitzroy because Wally was at Fitzroy at the time and um, um, the draft was coming up, so I nominated for the draft and I really didn't take, take uh, too much notice of West Coast because I really wanted to go with my brother, um, even though he was with West Coast um, at one stage. But, yeah, when it came about, um, yeah, got drafted in 89, uh, end of 89 and... I think it was probably because of um, my state game, yeah, being the only Waffle player playing the state of origin at the Wacker that time, I guess. Got me to um, stay here in WA. And, yeah, it was, it was a good transition from Waffle to, to the AFL, that's for sure. Um, you know, being a uh, South Mental boy with a few others, with Worsfold and Sumich and, and Jacko who uh, come along the year after, um, had some great times. Yeah, there was a few of you there, some great names. But if you had to name one that got the best out of you from a playing point of view, that potentially maybe fed you the ball the most, who would it be? 
Um, who would it have been? Um, I suppose Tommy Kemp. Mm. Um, he would have been one. Um, Barney Evans was was another that was in the middle and and put it out. They pretty much just told us pretty much tell me where to run and, and they just put it out in front or um, yeah, we had a plan and and always seemed to work um, whether we played it in Perth or away. You know, so there was all all that midfield was a, you know an awesome midfield back then. Um, with Maney as well. We just knew how to play the wings and play which side. And He always played the dirty side and always played the good side. So um, I came out after him for doing it. Good old Maney. Now, what about some of the taggers back in the day? No doubt you had to beat off a, a fair few, but who were some of the better ones that maybe got your measure from time to time? Um, well, being a docker boy, my, I guess um, Norris was a, was a hard one to get hold of. Um, he was pretty quick. Um, I suppose you're looking at uh, Pritchard was another one. You know, like you pretty much couldn't give him five metres. Riccardi was another one. You couldn't give him mm. five metres, but they can hurt you the other way. So they pretty much tested me um, defensively if, um, once they got the footy. So you really had to take your, um, you know, back then it was one-on-one. These days it's, it's you know, that uh, zoning was uh, what's a totally different, yeah. It's a shame we've lost the uh, that part of the game, isn't it? There was so many good one-on-one battles, as you mentioned, on the wings, and now they all sort of get included as midfielders and go through the middle of the ground. Yeah, you know, like with these days now, you you pretty much uh, play for seven minutes, you go off for two minutes, you kick a goal, you go off for you know, two minutes. But back when we played in the early 90s, you, you probably much played the whole you know, 120 minutes and, um, you know, you, you always played on one person and you had to beat him all day, play in a position where, you know, you pretty had to dominate it in a way because the ball was going to come that way. And it was, yeah, it was just 18 on 18 every, uh, every Saturday. So... You had to have your wits about you um, because they were tough opponents, you know. What was Carl Langdon like? Ah, he was my mate. He was knocking over (laughs) blokes left, right and (laughs) centre. If there was a a fight in the middle, Carl would be right there with you. Um, You'll either, um, if if he didn't start it, he'll actually finish it for you. (laughs) (laughs) I can see you coming off in that 92 grand final after kicking your first goal. I mean, what a rort that is. You just get rotated off, Roo. Surely you should be taking it to your opponent after you've just kicked one and you're giving it to them. Now, we've got to go back with a couple of stories here because I think this is important to tell. Now, you grew up in Wagen. You're out on a farm, weren't you? And you have a family of seven siblings and you've got to tell the story about when you were playing chicken out on the farm and what happened. I was pretty much uh, me and my brother um, that came about with... Uh, Which one? Yeah, you know, uh, Michael. Yeah. Pretty much, there's nothing, you, you pretty much couldn't do anything other than um, play with your brothers or play with your siblings because there's nothing else to do <laughs> um, down there. So we went down to the... Um, to the wood heap with me, me, me and my brother, um, and he wanted he wanted to play a game of, of chicken. Um, we went down to the wood heap. Uh, there was a little Tommy hacks that Dad always had down there, and he had a big hacks as well. But we only could lift the little one. Brother told me to put my hand on the uh, <laughs> on the block, and uh, away he went, and bang, it, uh, he won because. Uh, so what you had to do? Bigger. You had to move. You had to move your hand though before the wood before the chopping block came down, right? The yeah, no, it was pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. You just have to leave it there and see how you get who's got the closest, you know. Um, 
and I lost. So, but so, I won, really. So, I won because you got a flogging from mum. <laughs> so, so you lost part of your finger. Now, as we go on some years later, so you lost the finger, the part of your finger, the top of your finger, uh, playing chicken on the farm. I want to take you back to Windy Hill that day when everyone yeah. is out on the ground looking for the top of your finger. What happened this day? Yeah, well, playing on the wing, um, went down to pick up the bore and my finger got stuck in the ground and split my webbing between my cut-off finger and, and my uh, other finger. And there was blood everywhere and all that. And uh, the siren just went and uh, went into the huddle and I'm holding my hand because it was, it was bleeding um, a fair bit. And uh, Molly has seen the, uh, seen the blood and everything. He come across and goes, Rue, are you okay? And I said, yeah, Mick, no, nah, it's all right. And he said, no, nah, Mick, Rue, are you okay? Because... You know, you've got a you know, you've got a bad cut there, you know. <laughs> and I said, No, no, it's all right, Mick. Um it's just a it's just a cut, buddy, I'll just tape it up and I'll be right, you know. Anyway, um I went back out and I couldn't believe it. They had the, the tra- three trainers, the, the medico, the physico, all looking for my finger. And cause Mick because Mick didn't actually know that I lost my finger when I was a child. Um <laughs> And for this, and for that day, for two weeks after we uh, we we played there, and we, I think we won at Windy Hill. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, it took him two weeks to come up to me. And say, said to me, "Why didn't you tell me about your finger? You know, you made me look like a dickhead. You made me send all these people over the over the ground." And I said, "Oh, sorry, Mick. I said you never you never asked, mate. I would have told you about it." So, you know, the best thing was I, I was standing next to Paul Salmon, and he said, "What are all those trainers doing?" I said, "They're looking for Peter Matera's finger. He lost it in the first half. He started looking for it, Rue." <laughs> Yeah, I know. Oh, God. I couldn't believe it. Um, Now, is it true that you had your wallet stolen one night in the mall and that John Walsfeld chased down the thief? Yeah, it was... um, No, it wasn't wasn't stolen. We um, we were out on on the town, the boys, and um, we we went out of one joint and we were walking down the... uh, down the hall, or the the, um, the mall. Anyway, this guy came out of the woodworks and said, oh, Matera, you know, I want to race you. And um, and I said, nah, it's all right. No, you know, it's all right. And Busher goes, no, 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 no. You're going to race him, Rue, because you'll beat him. And I said, why is that? He goes, because I'll be at the other end to um, make sure that you don't don't lose. Anyway, so he said, uh, how much are you going to pay? And uh, the guy said, oh, $20, you know. And I said, uh, yeah, okay, 20 bucks is okay. And there was myself, I think it was Wusher and Suma, maybe in Blue McKenna there, I think. Um, and anyway, we sat up there. We all got dressed up, you know, good shoes on, standing out ready for the go for this run down the, uh, for this race. Anyway, uh, I won the race and the bloke wouldn't pay up. And uh, Wusher just picks him up and put him straight in the, hula, uh, the solo bin. <laughs> takes, out his, takes out his wallet and says, uh, thanks for the $20. And, um, and then we walked off. <laughs> oh, God. Well, we could keep on telling many, many stories, but um, we're out of time. And thanks for being our guest here on your birthday as our great value local. Brilliant career, mate. Five All-Australians, a Norm Smith, runner-up in the Brownlow, couple of premierships, club champion in 87, Indigenous Team of the Century, Australian Football Hall of Famer. You're inducted in 2006. Uh, the VFL-AFL Italian Team of the Century too. We can't not mention that. Thanks very much for your time. We appreciate it, mate. Thanks, bro. Thanks, Hayes.